Welcome to The Memoir, where host Bobby Goldie self-reflects on the chapters of her life. She's persevered through cancer, depression, addiction, adoption, poverty, and abuse. These are just a few obstacles she's battled through and is sharing her struggles and successes as a reminder, we are not broken. We are just human. Now here's your host, Bobby Goldie. Hey, it's Bobby Goldie here with The Memoir. Thank you so much for listening again. And I want to say Happy New Year's to everybody. Also, hope you had a Merry Christmas and Happy Holidays. So before we get into episode five of the memoir, I just want to touch upon a few items. This is going to be a tough one for me. Part of the reason why I I enjoy or I appreciate the way that podcasts go is if something is happening in my life, I have the opportunity to share immediately, which is pretty cool. And I think the reason it's so important to share immediately is because you get the raw, real emotions of what that individual is going through at that time. So I am going to let you know that this might be a little rough for me, but I want you to be patient. As uh, I'm telling my story, you're going to understand why. And before we get into that story, because this is my podcast and there are no rules, I wanted to hit upon a few things. The first is Thank you, thank you, thank you for everybody that has listened and that has shared my website and that has rated and reviewed on Apple. And my request of you is if you have not shared, please do so. Go, if you can, share bobbygoldie.com with anybody that you know that would uh, enjoy a listen to my podcast. I would appreciate it. If you have an iPhone or you listen on Apple, you have a Mac, if you could rate and review on the Apple Podcast app, that would be greatly appreciated. And then secondly, after the depression episode that I recorded, I received a a couple questions. So I wanted to address those. I think it's important if if folks, if I wasn't clear or if folks have follow-up questions, I really want to make sure that I'm, I'm following up with those. So One of the questions was, how long ago was that crazy incident in the pond? And uh, I want everybody to know it was well over 10 years ago. And it was very, very difficult for me to be so vulnerable and possibly be judged as weak or unbalanced. But the, the reason I share is because those are real stories and other people are going through similar situations. And if we continue to share, we remove the stigma. Some of you may know I have, I've had cancer. Oops, that might have been a Freudian slip right there. Um, I had cancer. And in, in a couple episodes, I'm going to talk about my cancer diagnosis. And what cancer really made me realize was is that how precious life was. And it's kind of crazy when you don't get to choose to live possibly. And that really opened up my eyes at how precious and important every moment on this earth is and that when you're dealing with something like depression it really fogs your your brain up and it plays these tricks on you trying to talk you into that life would be better without you uh but that's all bs it's not the case you belong here i belong here and one of the other questions i was getting through that depression episode was, 
what would be my number one piece of advice for somebody managing through depression? And of course, I am not a professional at all whatsoever. But for me personally, half the battle is actually just being aware. Aware that you're not feeling like you. Uh, that one is a little tough, right? Because sometimes life has got so much going on that we don't really realize um, it may be depression we're feeling because we're we're stretching ourselves so thin or there's things going on in our personal life that are difficult or whatever it may be. Uh, but for me, that's usually one of my first signs. Another thing is to be aware when depression is visiting a little bit longer than you'd like. I have bouts of it where I can, you know, manage through it pretty quickly and and get back to, you know, my baseline of where I feel myself again. But sometimes it doesn't want to leave. And then also being aware when you need to share with a loved one. Feeling like that all by yourself is not going to help matters and it's not going to help the people around you. And the people that love you want to help you. So it's really important to share. And then lastly is to be aware when you need professional help. So now we'll move on. This episode was supposed to be my cancer diagnosis. I was going to walk through that crazy journey because uh, a lot of times that's some of the toughest parts uh, in the beginning of understanding or finding out you have cancer is that diagnosis journey. So I really wanted to share that. And I also thought it would be a great baseline for me to talk about future stories about my cancer journey. But because uh, my life is, uh, is crazy and it works in mysterious ways, we're not going to talk about that today. We're going to talk about something else that's happened, and it's very recent, uh, and I'm still going through it right now. But again, like I said, this is the time to share when you're going through something that's extremely raw and real because you really get to feel my feelings right now. And so this is a difficult one for me, and I I hope uh, you can follow along just fine, and I hope I keep my together. So January 1st, 2020. I'm in Florida with my family. Uh, Santa surprised the kids with a trip to Orlando and Disney World. And it was pretty exciting. We were down there for a week. And on January 1st, 2020, we were actually getting ready to visit a dear friend of mine that moved to Orlando uh, less than two years ago. So I'm in the shower and I'm shaving, and I feel a lump under my arm. And so I proceed to go to the right side of under my arm, and I dig in, and I'm feeling all over, squeezing, pinching, doing whatever I can do to see if there's that same feeling. Because, you know, usually if you got something on one side, it's the same on the other side, then you know you're kind of okay. So I was trying to figure out where that other lump would be on my right side so that everything would be okay. And so I go back to the left side and then I go back to the right side again. And nope, nothing, there's nothing. And then I squeeze around on the left side multiple times because I don't really believe there's something there. Um, and unfortunately, it was there. So I finish my shower. And then of course, 
I call Greg in to examine me. And Greg is not a doctor in real life, but he does play one in the Goldie household. So uh, he comes in and he, you know, does his little exam on the left side and the right side. And of course, he feels the same thing I do, that there is a lump under my arm on the left side. And that is actually where I had breast cancer in my left breast. So you could see the look in his eyes. He could obviously see the look in my eyes. What are we going to do? It is, we're in the most magical place in the freaking world right now with our two amazing children. And we're supposed to go to my friend's house. Uh, Life doesn't stop. And so what's next? The first thing is we obviously know we have to keep it together for the kids. Uh, We can't make any rush decisions on what what's there and make any assumptions and we our kids have been through enough in life right now for nine-year-olds so we need to make sure that they feel like they're still in the most magical place in the world so it's new year's day and i call my oncologist with the understanding that I probably wouldn't get them because it's a holiday and of course I don't I get the on-call oncologist and answering service I explain to the answering service I need somebody to call me back and they leave a message with the on-call oncologist and I wait for the call and in the meantime I'm trying to figure out do we still go to my girlfriend's house like I'm a wreck. Um, But does it make sense to sit in a hotel room just sitting there doing nothing um, and just feeling miserable and, you know, WebMDing or Googling everything you can imagine and getting myself worked up in front of my kids and not wanting to get out of that room because that is typically what happens to me is if I let myself go to that dark place, it's really hard to get out. So nope, we are going to go to my girlfriend's. Um, I am grateful that we had this planned and it will keep us busy and occupied. So I send her a text and tell her I'm going to be a little bit late because I'm waiting for my doctor to call me. And then I realized that this is a doctor that's on call and who knows what this doctor's going through right now. And this doctor could call me back in three hours. So we end up finishing getting ready to go to my girlfriend's. And I keep my phone by me. And of course, we're in the car. And the doctor calls. Kids are in the back seat. Craig is driving. And I have to explain to the doctor what I found and ask him how I should proceed. He says it's, you know, holiday. And for him to get knee deep in my medical records and try to figure out what makes sense would take just as long as me to wait till tomorrow to call my my oncologist at eight o'clock. So I listen to him and uh, I wait to call my oncologist. So Kids have heard a little something. They are asking mommy, if, if, am I okay? Is there a lump? Is, is the lump okay? And, and of course, I downplay absolutely all of it right now. There's no reason to get them worked up for something that could absolutely be nothing. So drive to my girlfriend's. Everything is great. We walk into my girlfriend's house and do 
lots of hugging. It's been a while since I've seen her. Greg hasn't seen her in a really long time. Kids give hugs and they go find her kids and go play. She gives us a tour of her amazing home. We are chatting, chatting, chatting. And we end up in the kitchen and me being me, the sharer of all sharers, I spit out. Uh, I found a lump under my left arm and I'm totally freaked out and I'm going to try to keep it together while I'm here. And of course, she gives me a big hug and she says, you know, it's going to be okay. And she pulls out a nice bottle of champagne and I proceed to give her another hug. It, it was what was needed at that moment. I needed to just, you know, be busy. So we hung out, we laughed and giggled and shared lots of stories. And then, of course, my girlfriend, being this type of gal, she gets done. So, and this is absolutely one of the reasons I love her. Uh, she's amazing, strong, tenacious woman, and she is always cheering and rooting and helping and supporting other amazing females. So she starts texting people in the neighborhood. And again, she hasn't even lived here for two years yet. And she finds out that, you know, after a few texts, she's found somebody that's a, a radiologist. And uh, she shares some texts with them and explains the story. And and then we go back to hanging out and having a wonderful time. And we end up, actually ended up spending the night and left and had so much, so much fun. And it was absolutely what I needed. So... The next day, we go back to uh, our hotel room, and I call my oncologist, and I explain to the nurse that I found a lump under my arm, and I need to know what to do. And she says, okay, come in today. Well, I'm in Florida, and I'm with my family, and we're on vacation. And on top of it, I have a meeting Uh, for work. So I'm actually not going to be home until the next Thursday. So I can't do that. I also explained to her that I, a friend of mine has made some calls and texts and that I possibly might be able to get in down in Orlando to see somebody and asked her if that would be okay, if that would work. And she said, absolutely. She goes, if they can get you in for an ultrasound and then possibly if needed a biopsy, go ahead and take care of it right down there. And then she makes an appointment for me for Friday morning. So first thing when I get back that I can meet with my oncologist. Then I get a text from my girlfriend saying, here is Dr. So-and-so. Please reach out to him, send him an email. And he is going to look to set you up with an ultrasound and possibly a a biopsy if needed. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. It is one day, right? How amazing is that? One day. So I emailed uh, this gentleman. He was absolutely fabulous. Uh, Great, great human being just from an email. He tells me he's going to work on uh, getting something scheduled for me. Doesn't know when it's going to be, but you know, I have almost a week down there yet. So um, it, I'm happy. It could be any time as long as as we can start the ball rolling. I am grateful because I know this process sucks because I've been through it already. So 
He then says he's got the order made up for me, and he then gives me an email, or no, he tells me that the nurse at this hospital is going to call me up and try to schedule something. And of course, she was absolutely amazing. She emails me right away. She asks for all my insurance contact information and said she's going to do her absolute best to find me an appointment. And she's going to check several locations. They're busy right now, but they're going to squeeze me in. So she thinks it's going to be like maybe Tuesday, Monday, Tuesday, whatever it is. All of a sudden, as we're trying to keep it together, we are actually at Disney World again. And I am not going to lie. Whoa. I'm grateful we were at Disney World, but it was really, really hard for me not to go into a dark place thinking something evil was inside of my body again. But I got an email while I was at Disney World. And it was the nurse saying, guess what? I got you in for tomorrow. You can come in at one (laughs) o'clock. Oh my goodness. How amazing is that? I had this like rush of relief over me that like I was going to go get my ultrasound and that I could start clearing my head eventually because, you know, hopefully everything's going to be okay. So we stay at Disney for a while and then we, Greg came up with an idea of like asking the hotel if they had, um, any kind of babysitting service for us so that we could go to the hospital without the kids. Because unfortunately, they had a lot of experience at the cancer hospital because when we were in Canada, sometimes we had to take them. So we did not, absolutely did not want to take them to this appointment. So I called and they told me that typically you have to be on premise for your kids to stay in the the kids club. I explained a little bit. I didn't tell them everything, but I said I have like to go to this like emergency doctor's appointment down here and we don't know anybody and it would be really helpful if they could keep our kids and we will be back as quick as we can and they made an exception. They feel like there's been a lot of angels during this time, which is greatly appreciated and absolutely needed. So the kids were all set. They were actually really excited to go to the kids club because watch movies, do crafts, play with other kids, maybe some video games. It was perfect. So we're all set and we uh, drop the kids off the next day and we go. So this is what's, I don't even know what today is. Oh my goodness. Oh, it's Sunday. So this was Friday. So we go to the hospital and They tell me it's for just an ultrasound. And I said, well, if I need a biopsy, is is there going to be a biopsy? Because the doctor said he changed the orders to make sure that if the ultrasound determined a biopsy was needed, I could get it done right away. Otherwise, it kind of just defeats purpose, right? Like I know something's in there and it needs to be biopsied, but I got to wait, oh, you know, almost a whole week, a week to get to my doctor and then schedule a biopsy there. So- They said they would see what they could do. So I'm in, Greg's in the waiting room, and I am getting my ultrasound. And uh, the the people there, the tech was amazing. The nurse that scheduled everything, I got to meet her. She was amazing. 
And so they got all done with my ultrasound and they say, okay, the, the radiologist wants to meet with you. And he takes me into this room and he shows me a, a normal lymph node, one of my normal ones. And he goes, this is what a normal lymph node looks like. And then he shows me the lymph node that doesn't look right. And he goes, okay, this is not normal. He said that typically the wall needs to be less than three centimeters and my wall is almost seven centimeters. So he recommends that I get a biopsy. I, so I say, okay, let's do it. And he's like, well, we can't do it because we are totally booked here. And uh, I said, well, Dr. So-and-so said that I would be all set. I would be greatly appreciative if you could do anything. And he said, let me call Dr. So-and-so. So I went and waited. And uh, all of a sudden, they were looking to get me in in the next day. Or no, Monday, because it was a Friday. So Friday or Monday, maybe at a different clinic. All of a sudden, he gets done talking to Dr. So-and-so, and they say, guess what? You're going to get your biopsy right now. <laughs> Oh, it was it was fabulous. So of course, I could not stop thanking everybody that was squeezing me in and doing this for me. And of course, I apologize to anybody in the waiting room at that hospital that had to wait a little bit longer. Um, because I'm sure it was partially because I did this. Uh, but anyways, so they took four samples, did the biopsy. And uh, it ended which is always the hardest part for me right now, thinking about it. The doctor uh, said, yeah, it looks abnormal, but I'm going to think positive thoughts for you. <laughs> so, of course, that's sticking in my head like all craziness. And then the nurse uh, walks me out to Greg, and she's like, I need to give you a big hug, and I'm going to say prayers for you. And uh, that's how I left. And I rocked my world and it's still rocking my world i can't stop right now right uh thinking about it so a couple things i told my husband that if in fact they say i require a biopsy because they see something that's not right i don't know if i'm going to be able to go to my company meeting because if I get the results in, you know, three to four days and it sucks. I don't think I can mentally, more importantly, physically get on an airplane by myself and handle this. I have been at this meeting and I've got bad news about my cancer in the past and I'm clean right now, just so we're all clear. I do not have, well, I don't think I have, I, my breast cancer was gone. Okay. I was supposed to be three years clean. I'm still thinking I'm three years clean. So I know what it feels like to get extremely difficult news being far away from my family. So I made some calls to um, a couple people at work and explained the situation. And of course, they were absolutely, absolutely amazing. And, you know, they said, don't even worry about it. We are thinking about you. We're sending you prayers. And they said, go home with your family. So right now, it's Sunday. Um, Sunday the, I don't even know what day, the 5th. I am home with my family and I'm recording this episode. Obviously, you're not going to hear it for a while because it has to be edited and all of that other great stuff. But my brain, and I think this is why I need to share this, is because this is kind of crazy. This is like 
almost like what I was going to talk to you about with my cancer diagnosis and the crazy journey and all the feelings you feel. So how do I feel right now? Scared as hell. I feel stressed. I feel unsettled. And I feel absolutely angry, angry that this evil disease could potentially be back. But I'm a fighter. Um, and I'm going to continue to think positive that, uh, that it's not. This is just some abnormal something or other that I'm dealing with right now and that everything is going to be fine. Um, but I need to be honest, right? Like you, you tell your brain to think positive and you really want to be positive and you just want people to, you know, pray for you and, and send you positive vibes and all of that. And I've told a few people that I love dearly that I'm close to about it. And I've kept that circle pretty small because part of the thing is, is that when you share something like this, especially with me already having cancer, I have just put that weight of my feelings onto all these people. And it's a big weight. So I don't want to burden more people than needed. But it is really important that I have that that loving support system right now to be there for me because it's really hard. It's really, really hard. And honestly, you know, I had a lump, I got a biopsy, it could be absolutely nothing. But when it's taken me three years to stop thinking cancer's crawling in my body, and then I go through this, it is, it's hit me like, like nothing else. But I, I know I will deal with whatever comes to me. I always do. I am a survivor. I am a fighter. I know there's a reason why everything happens. I still don't know why the hell this is happening right now. I kept telling everybody, 2020 is going to be my year. <laughs> and it's still going to be my year. Uh, we're just, we're just uh, teeing me up for strength, I think, for, for, you know, if I can get through whatever this is, even if it's all great. Uh, I just, it will make me be stronger and appreciate things more. So I am rambling right now because... This was not prepared. This was not a planned podcast. It's it's just here and it needs to be shared. So I promise you folks that when I launch this podcast, by then I'll know, right? Like I should know that's that's the other thing. I should know in like three to four days. So I should have, and it's three to four business days. So by Thursday, my doctor should have my results and I will know. And I, when this thing launches, I will absolutely share the good and even the bad if, if it's that. But we're not going to say that's going to happen. So I will share with you folks immediately when this launches. So there's not all this like wondering what the heck's going on. I don't know how we'll do that yet. Uh, we'll figure out that when the time comes. But <sighs> you know what? We got 30,000 days. And when things like this happen, it really makes you want to appreciate every single moment you have on this earth. And it it's going to be good. I know it's going to be good. And But what it's going to do is remind me, remind me how precious and fragile life is. And I hope that you folks don't forget that. 
right? Like, and I know a lot of us are going through pretty crappy things like this too, but a lot of us just keep it to ourselves. So I just hope for all of you to have a very happy and prosperous 2020. I hope that you don't forget to love and to tell people how much you love them. We assume everybody knows and we forget to say it. And those words are so, so strong. Or about a hug. A hug. It's so simple. Smile at a stranger. Do something simple and kind. Hold the door open for an elderly person or just anybody. How about a mom with her hands full of kids? Whatever it may be. Just do something nice, please, in the next week or two. And do something for yourself. Make yourself happy. Don't forget that you're not good for anybody else unless you're good for yourself. Okay, so I'm off my soapbox now. I have to leave you with, please don't forget to share my podcast, bobbygoldie.com. And lastly, which is even more important right now, please be a better person than you were yesterday. Thanks for listening and we will talk soon. Thanks for listening to The Memoir. Let's work to remove the stigma of taboo topics. We only have on average 30,000 days on this earth, so let's make the best of our remaining days together. Get in touch with Bobby Goldie at B-O-B-B-I-E-G-O-L-D-I-E dot com and share your story.